So have you ever had one of those moments when somebody did or said something completely unexpected and because of that you could never see them the same way again? It might have been positive. It might have been negative. But whatever happened, you can't rewind the tape. You can't push yourself back and unremember what you saw. Forever, your view of that person has been changed fundamentally. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou... you please join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord God, we do give you thanks for a brilliant and beautiful morning to gather and hear the story of our brilliant and beautiful Lord. Lord, you have chosen to shine his light into the darkness of our world, and we are grateful. Be with us now and enliven our spirits, kindle our faith and our hearts as we receive him through the word and at the table. And these things we ask through his precious name, which is forever Jesus the Christ. Amen. So have you ever had one of those moments when somebody did or said something completely unexpected and because of that you could never see them the same way again? It might have been positive. It might have been negative. But whatever happened, you can't rewind the tape. You can't push yourself back and unremember what you saw. Forever, your view of that person has been changed fundamentally. I had one of those days. Um, I've, day that I assume most of us have a day like that, the day I got married. Um, we had a very opportune photographer and she captured it on film. Um, you know, the men always line up on this side of the sanctuary and she must have been standing down there and she was taking a picture, a shot right up. My, my men in waiting, I, if I'd had time, I would have grabbed the picture and thrown it up because it's quite comical. All of, all of my, uh, my cadre, my men, my squad, they were all like this. <laughs> it was beautiful. And I looked like this. I mean, and sure, first it was, you know, a reaction to just how beautiful she was. And, yeah, admittedly, a little surprised she was coming to, towards me. But there was also the reality that from that day forward, she wouldn't be the same to me. That we, as much as we had loved each other, and much as we had done things together, and been boyfriend, girlfriend, and fiancés, and from that day forward, she wouldn't even be Lisa Davenport anymore. She'd be Lisa Davenport Jenkins. And that she'd have a completely new relationship to me, which was wife. 
From that moment forward, nothing between us would ever be the same again. Peter's having a day like that in our Gospel reading today. Yes, he's not going to marry Jesus, obviously. But what happens to Jesus when they're up on that mountaintop will so fundamentally change how he has to view Jesus from that moment forward. It just changes everything. This, this will be a marker in his life. So much so that when he writes his own letter as a pastor years later, the one we read from today, he's going to remember that moment on the mountaintop and say, hey, we didn't devise any clever stories. We were there. We saw it. It was crazy what happened. But I want you to take with me for a moment the journey that Peter must have taken emotionally and mentally through those months and years that he spent with Jesus. I mean, first he meets this guy on the lakeside and sees him do some things that, you know, are not without biblical precedent but are still surprising. There hasn't been a prophet in 400 years. And he sees Jesus heal people. He sees Jesus preach some amazing things. He sees Jesus take on the religious authorities and do so as one with authority himself. But they get to the mountaintop and just like Moses and Joshua experienced something amazing on the mountaintop, they experienced something amazing too and Jesus is transformed before their eyes. And they have, like, it's like having the veil stripped away and who they took to be a carpenter's son dirty and dusty from the roads of what we call the Holy Land, suddenly shines with an undimmed light. And they see him just as the hosts of heaven see him for, for just that moment. And they hear the voice of the Father say, This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And they know fully what it means when the voice of the Father says, This is my Son. It means that this man who they'd been journeying with around the countryside was in fact God in the flesh. And as recent research has shown, that might have even been something that Jews of that day were expecting might eventually happen. And this person they'd been journeying with and eating with and in dealing with the difficulties of the road with is suddenly they realize this is God. And from that moment on, from that moment on, nothing can be the same. But think about what happens from that moment on. Immediately they leave the mountaintop and their journey is like a beeline from that mountaintop directly to the cross. And it will be that when they enter Jerusalem and he's taken custody, Peter has to know it's God they've taken custody. And then when they accuse him and say, oh, you're, you're one of those people who was with him, he has to realize that it's that same transfigured one on the mountaintop that he's betraying when he says three times, I don't know him. And he's faced to come, he, come, he comes face to face with the reality that he in fact fears man more than he fears God. And then to know as he dies, and he sees him on that cross on a hill outside the city, that it's the same one he saw transfigured on that mountaintop. God in the flesh. And then as he dies, 
Can you imagine the conflict? The wondering, did I imagine that mountaintop? God doesn't die. What does all this mean and the confusion and the difficulty? And then, on what we call Easter Sunday, on that afternoon, and Jesus shows up in their midst to share a meal with them, and rather than condemning them, rather than bringing the judgment they would expect from the God who first revealed himself on Sinai, he says, peace be with you, and breathes on them and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. And then a little bit later, as they gather at a fishing again on the lakeside where his very journey with Jesus began, Jesus comes to him and says three times, do you love me? One time for every time Peter betrayed him on that fateful night, says to him, not why did you do it? Not will you do better? But just, do you love me? Can you imagine him thinking to himself of that moment on the mountaintop when the voice of the Father said, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. Because what does Jesus say? But do you love me? We answer yes to that in everything, every sin, every betrayal, for every time we've done it, is set aside. And it's like it never happened. We are fully restored to that relationship with God that Jesus came to give us. And if we have ever needed a God like that even once in our lives, if we've ever needed forgiveness like that, what the transfiguration reveals to us is that the God of the universe is exactly that kind of God. That the justice of God is the mercy of God given through His Son. And that we are restored for every failure just by answering the question, do you love me? With the answer, yes. We always hear the story of the transfiguration the Sunday before Ash Wednesday so that as we make the dark Lenten journey to the cross, a journey which mirrors the difficulties of life in a broken and fallen world, we have the face of the transfigured Christ before us and we can remember what He said and that His Father instructed us to listen to Him. As we reflect and repent of our failures, as we fast, if you're doing that, if we're taking on a new burden of service or giving or tithing during this time, we remember that for every failure, God gives us another chance and just says, do you love me? Before he says to do anything else in response. That is the God whom we love and worship. That is the God revealed to us this day on the mountaintop and to whom Peter testifies. Will you join me now in a word of prayer to that God? Gracious Lord, each of us, whether in some small way once in our lives or every day, as often as we look in the mirror, we fail you, Lord. We betray you. We find that we 
fear the opinions of the people around us more than we fear you who hold heaven and earth in your grip. And we seek the affirmations of people around us rather than your words of commendation. And yet this day, you reveal to us that you, the Lord of glory, are a Lord of mercy. And we hear the words of Jesus. And we give ourselves again to you who just simply say to us, do you love me? Let us answer that truly, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts, yes. That we may be restored and know your deep love with a faith that responds. And these things we ask through our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light.